Welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin. And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing the Star Trek Discovery episode, The Wolf Inside, which picks up from last week's Mirror episode. And yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, it was exciting. It was. It was a very good episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any particular announcements, um, so we can just start talking about the show. Yes, we can. All right, let's get into it. Kate, did you like this episode? I did. I really, really did. I liked... Mm. Now... Okay, so now that they've come out with the Vok Tyler thing, I actually kind of wish they'd played it a little bit longer. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. I just feel like they could have dragged it out a little bit more and not necessarily in a bad way. But I did overall really like the episode. I am enjoying uh, Tortured Tyler and Tyler as Vok way more than I enjoyed Security Chief so much in love Tyler. Right. I am... I like Tyler that way also. I just, I kind of wish they'd had him be both for a little while longer there. Oh, like in the in-between parts? Yeah. Because now he seems to be like, you know, they finished triggering him, so now he's switched over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I could see where it would be nice to have had a bit more of the back and forth I can see that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you? What did you think overall of the episode? I also really liked it. There was a few tiny things in the episode where um, I will bring them up when we get to them. Mm-hmm. But overall, I thought it was a really well done episode. I thought it was there was so much in it. Mm-hmm. The pacing was fairly steady. I really liked the sort of prolonged uh, intro into it where we, it was not a personal log, but you got the voiceover. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of it, but the show hasn't been using it steadily. Like we've had a few personal logs and captain's logs and in Star Trek, they sort of use that as a, a narrative device. And I'm glad that they haven't overused it because I thought that it made the Michael's thoughts all that much more uh, poignant. It put me off a little bit at first, just because they haven't used it that much. Yeah. Yeah. But then it was fine. I thought it was a good way to establish that this isn't necessarily one day later from where we left it off. Right. Although it was also a little weird because they have it set up with her monologue where it seems like time has passed but then when Saru walks in it was like their first meeting she may have more than one slave oh well that could be just as a way to explain that away mm-hmm. that could be or it might be that like you know they potentially were reassigned because she wasn't there yeah and so they had to, like, joke. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I remember, I, I guess they kind of did explain this in the episode, but I do remember thinking, why doesn't she just get the info and get out? Why is she still on the ship? Mm-hmm. I get that they kind of explained it, but I still think that that was just the writers wanting them to stay. Yes. And I'm hoping that we just get one more episode here. But like we talked about in the bonus episode, really any of the, based on the titles they've released, we could potentially be in the mirror universe sort of almost to the very end. Mm -hmm. And I think that we'll, now that the Emperor's revealed, I think we'll want sort of one more really full episode with exploring that. Yeah, and from, uh, I know you you didn't see it, but from the, the preview for next week... Mm-hmm. Um, there will be a full episode. Yeah. Okay. 
I, as, as the episode played out and we weren't seeing the emperor, we weren't seeing the emperor, we weren't seeing that I kind of came to that conclusion, uh, as other stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, but it was still, I'm still okay with that. You know why? Because the person we wanted to be emperor was emperor. Yes. That was so great. That was, that was a really good scene when she was suddenly there and she looked amazing and Mm -hmm. I love Michelle Yeo so much, and I'm just glad to have her back. If she could just be in all of the episodes, even if she's evil, it's fine. It's fine. And just, uh, not just Michelle Yeo, but that scene, like Burnham's reaction to her, Mm -hmm. there was so much going on with her facial expressions, and you could just see how conflicted uh, she was going to be, and... Yeah, I think it's going to be a great next episode to see how that plays out with I them. Mean, I think I heard that the next one was directed by Jonathan Frakes again. Oh, really? I think so. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Don't hold me to that, but I feel fairly sure. I want to look up the directory. Or the directory. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm looking things up and typing and trying to talk. The director for uh, this one was T.J. Scott. T.J. Scott. Okay. And it was written by Lisa Randolph. Okay. Um, I didn't want to look up anything over Sunday and Monday because I didn't want right. to get spoiled. So I was trying to stay away from it as far as I could. Um, but I thought the direction of the episode and some of the shots that they filmed was just gorgeous and really well done. Um, there's a few like right at the beginning when Michael's standing up and the lights coming into her quarters mm-hmm. um, and that are like just beautifully composed shots. Yeah. Uh, it looks like this director's done quite a bit. He did some Orphan Black. Xena. Mm-hmm. Oh, going back to Xena. Okay. I now own all of Xena. Oh. It was a Christmas present. Interesting. So, yeah. Now I'm just reading his Wikipedia article. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay, but let's let's not get too too much into. Well, we kind of did get too much into Giorgio, but let's come back to her mm-hmm. at the end. Um, yes. I guess. What did you think of Saru as slave? Like, what did I think of the performance? Or, well, how I guess the whole thing. So these sorts of dynamics mm-hmm. have come up in the mirror universe before. So it wasn't unexpected for me to see that brought in mm-hmm. because this sort of thing has played out in other mirror universes. So I wasn't really surprised by it. Um, and there was another moment later on that I think you kind of were surprised by where I chuckled, but was kind of like, well, of course they would have that. Because it's the mirror universe. Oh yeah. Or wait, what what moment are you thinking of? Uh, well, we see where we see Sarek. Oh and yeah. He has a goatee. I, I was kind of expecting it, but I or yeah, I liked it though. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I I have to say he pulls off a goatee very well. Yeah. I was just gonna say with Saru. Mm-hmm. What did you think of him rescuing her later when Tyler was strangling her? Oh, I was cool with that. Okay. Um, I mean, we know that Kelpians are fairly strong and fast. And I think that with a slave on the ship, if he chose to do nothing, Mm -hmm. he would either get killed by Tyler for witnessing it. Right. Or he would be sentenced to death for not preventing it. Right. I suppose I was wondering if, as a, a Kelpian, maybe mm-hmm. he senses that she's not going to hurt him. That could be. It could have been the sort of thing where he came into the room and something felt different with this Burnham. Yeah. Because I don't remember seeing his ganglia be on alert with her. Yeah. But again, if it was always on an alert when he was a slave, that would be a terrible life. Mm-hmm true i mean obviously being a slave is a terrible life anyways i just meant it would be an added yes an added layer of 
terrible uh, emotional yeah. terror for yeah anyway i just thought maybe that would come back into play sometime so i want to bring it up i don't mm-hmm. know it was while it was an interesting sort of mirroring of the episode um was it into the woods where they're down on the pavian's planet mm-hmm. and saru is trying to prevent them and he's attacking burnham yeah and um it's tyler who's you know coming into because it was, it was those three people again yeah, right that's true so it was an interesting sort of flip on it as to who was being the aggressor and whatnot i wonder if there's some like mid-level person on discovery who is so resentful of michael like here's this mutineer sentenced to life and she comes in and she gets all the away missions she gets all the cool stuff <laughs> like why does the captain keep doing all those things now there's no chance for me to prove myself there is some extremely hard working engineer who is incredibly bitter yeah. because they've worked their butt off and are finally starting to move up the ranks mm-hmm. and then they gets on the discovery and there's Michael Burnham who shows up and then there's this super cadet Tilly. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting all the cool stuff and they're just like this hardworking person who like has to do all the data entry at the end of the day. They're like, my talents are being wasted. They just want to go on one away mission. Like, Mm -hmm. (sighs) yep. Although now they're probably thankful. (laughs) True. I have to say, I'm a little disappointed in myself uh, for not anticipating that Tyler was going to set up Stamets for Dr. Culber's death. Do you think Tyler did that on purpose, or do you think it just sort of happened? I think Vok did it. Um, I don't think Tyler was aware of doing it before he left the ship, because he seemed to have a blackout. Mm. But it's like, well, of course that's what he would do. But I was so shocked. I was so upset when I saw that. Mm-hmm. I, I was so mad at Tyler, Vok for setting up Stamets to be, like, blamed for the death of Dr. Culber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I read that scene differently. Like, I read it as he just left the body where it was and left. And then Stamets found it. And because, you know, they have a relationship and are in love, he took it. You know what I mean? And was upset. But I don't think Stamets was that... uh, I don't think that would have happened. I don't think he was would have been able to maneuver himself in and out and be that with it. Right. So, yeah, I think that Vok lowered the containment field and maybe that's all he did was lower the containment field. Maybe. And yeah. then Stamets wandered over. But even just like if somebody, if another officer came into that scene and there was a patient who had to be restrained for his own safety mm-hmm. and uh, a dead doctor there and the restraining field was down well the conclusion that people would be led to is obvious right yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that's that's i just hadn't thought of it that way so that does kind of make it worse and <sighs> takes away a little bit of the the feel bad feelings i was having for vox slash tyler yeah, no, as soon as that scene played out and I I saw it, I was just furious. And it was so heartbreaking to see yeah. Stamets and Culber there. And yeah, several gut punch sort of scenes this this episode. And we don't really know where Stamets has been left. Because as far as we know, he he died in the, uh, in the spore chamber or whatever that's called. Well, he gets a scene at the end. Does he? Okay, this is one of my nitpicks, okay? Sure. So, if we're moving on to the discussion of Tilly. I loved how she took charge mm-hmm. of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Where she was like, this is not a medical problem. Like, the doctors have been working on it. They don't know what's going on. This is a spore drive problem. Yes. And she took it over, and I was like, yes, because that is leadership. Mm-hmm. Right there. Um, And I love that they're letting Tilly do that. But then 
so she's like, and I'm assuming she, like Saru wouldn't just be like, yeah, I'll follow your lead. I'm assuming that he would know what's going on. And before they move him from the infirmary to the spore drive, I was like, why is the medical team not there for this entire thing? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That, that was my nitpick. It's like, okay, you're, you don't just pick up a patient out of like a hospital and move them away without a medical team, you know, signing off on it. And there's no way they would have let him out of there just, you know, with an engineer and a command officer. Yeah, especially since he can't he can't take care of himself right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that part I found that threw me out a little bit where I was like, so now he's in the spore drive and now they're calling the medical team? Like, no, no, the medical team would have been there the whole bloody time with him. And uh, so that part I didn't quite buy. And then... So he dies, but then again at the very end, Tilly's there, and again they just left him in there. That part I was kind of like, are they just are they getting uh, the stuff to to move the body? Like she was just left there alone with him, okay. And then he starts having like he starts moving his head. Oh, he did. Don't you remember this? No. And and then it's like the inside of his mind. And he's like, um, he's in the spore field. And then you hear another Paul Stamets. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. I do remember that. Sorry. Oh, my brain was just <laughs> blanking. Yes. I remember the two because he, he, he meets the mirror Stamets. Yes. Yes. And I'm assuming that this is supposed to be them, their consciousness in the mycelial network. Um, and I didn't like the special effects for that part at all. But again, that's really a, a small point. Um, I liked the meeting of the two mm -hmm. and clearly Mirror Stamets has some plan, some ideas, some work to do. And I'm wondering if that's going to get played out next episode or the episode after. It'll probably be next episode. I don't know. I feel like it'll... Like everything will sort of come to a head next episode. Could be. Could be. We'll find out. Yeah. Just as an aside, I did really like Tilly's hair in this one. It looked very good. I liked it. But it also looked very fake. Just because of like how angled and straight everything was. People can cut their hair that way. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I'm sure it probably was a wig, but I, I am not good at noticing wigs. I've definitely had conversations with people where they're like, man, her wig is so horrible. And I'm like, that's a wig? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not really good at spotting it either. I just, I prefer Tilly with her natural hair. I like them both. Mm. Either way, this is kind of a thing that doesn't really matter. Um, yep, just a side note. So what did you think about the whole the whole scene with the Rebels? I really enjoyed getting to see some different aliens. Mm -hmm. Definitely enjoyed that. I liked the storyline where, you know, while Burnham on the one hand knows that she has to do things that... She has to do things to survive that she wouldn't ordinarily do. She's also trying not to just murder hundreds of people. And so she, they invent this whole thing where she's going to go down and get intel. And then she argues with Lorca that it's a good time to figure out more about the Klingons and how maybe to end the war on their side of the universe. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, that's cool. And I liked the Mirror Universe Sarek. Yeah. And I loved how this acted as a setup to trigger Tyler. Yeah, when they were talking about the the firewolf? Yes. Now that I'm saying that out loud, that is the most ridiculous name ever. <laughs> like I was sure I'd made that up. But anyways, when they were talking about him, I was like, it must it has to be Valk. Like there's nobody else it could be. I was yeah. gonna be so upset if it wasn't Valk. 
So in the in our universe, he was the torchbearer. Mm-hmm. In this universe, he's the firewolf. And it does sound like something uh, my children make up as names. It, yeah. It sounds like a Pokemon. Y- yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Balk is a Pokemon. Yes. Uh, I loved... Yeah, I really liked the the rebel base. Uh, the again, why you would take you know your people who are your sworn enemy who are fascists and they want to talk, and uh, you wouldn't like throw a bag over their heads. You'd just walk them and like drop the camouflage on your base. I I don't know. Well, I guess if they're there, they're already found out, so they would have had to abandon that base anyways. Well, I guess so. Uh, yeah, I really liked how the plots led together so that it would be Burnham's idea to bring all this up that would trigger Tyler. Yeah, I thought it played out really nicely. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about it? I liked how it played out. Mm-hmm. And I liked, like, I liked how they had it all sort of at the same time when she's trying to convince them and then he's attacking and then blah, 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 blah. And did he, did he attack Vok? No, I think he was moving to attack Burnham, mm-hmm. but they thought that he was going to attack Vok because, of course. Yeah. I mean, he speaks something in their forgotten tongue. Oh, no, wait, that's it. He does attack Vok because, um, because Vok is working with his with the oh, enemies. That's what it is. That's right. right he yes. says you have to remain Klingon. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You're betraying the Klingons. Okay. So I, I did really like how that all played out and how it sort of came to a, a climax there. Um, and then, but afterwards he was, he was like completely Vok. And I thought, and I think I just mentioned this a bit, I would have wished for a little bit more back and forth. Back and, yeah. Which might come up next episode. He might slip back. Yeah. yeah. I was at least glad that when Burnham confronted him, they didn't play it for more like her love conquers all and is going to be his tether to sanity, like tether back and forth. Like it wasn't just like she switches him back and la di da. It was like, no, now he he's Vok and he's not going to keep her safe. And you have to deal with that. Well, they could change next episode. And I don't say that as something I would necessarily like. Like I'd, pr- I'd want him to struggle for it, but I mm-hmm. don't want him to like switch every time Michael walks in the room or whatever. Mm-hmm. Especially since Vok obviously wants her dead. Yes, I like that. He has those two extremes, though. That Tyler's like, "I will keep you safe," and Vok is like, "I will kill you now." Hmm. The other little tiny nitpick I'm just going to throw in right now because it has to do with Tyler. Mm-hmm. But they never explained how they did the double transport thing. Like, I get it. And that's cool. And it was a cool way to get the data back and, like, make sure that Tyler is properly dealt with and they figure that part out. But... I didn't see any indication of her communicating with Discovery. I didn't remember if there was anything that they had pre-planned for them to get beamed back to the Discovery. I didn't realize the Discovery was that close to the Shenzo that they could beam him from space from that far. Well, I'm sure the Discovery is staying as close as they can. Mm. And... Like, I just assumed she'd had a minute alone in her room. Yeah. To let them know as well that he's... Yeah. That she would be... She'd transport him to these coordinates at this time. You know. Yeah, and and by the way, he is a Klingon. Yeah. And don't, don't just let him back on the ship, but he's got to go to the brig. Oh, and by that time, he had said that he killed Colbar, so... Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And then some of the scenes with Lorca. He didn't really get some scenes until the very end there, mm-hmm. but he made good use of them. Yeah, he was really good in this episode, how he was 
act like you could tell that he had been tortured. So good. Yeah, he was really good. So good. Yeah. Now, I remember you tweeted that you still don't think that he's from the mirror universe. So here's my thing. Like, I would love for this to happen. I, I really would. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not being a gen about this. <laughs> um but I just don't get that feeling from him, you know? I just maybe they're doing their job hiding it than they did with the Tyler Fox thing. Although they tried really hard with the Tyler Fox thing. Yeah. yeah. I just don't it just doesn't it doesn't feel right. I don't know. I I like it though. Mm. And I kind of want to see it play out. Yeah, I'm kind of like the theory seemed really good last week, but this week when you see him and he's been tortured and he's sitting there like huddling over his warm beverage and trying to explain like explain why they can't just like run that they need more information because they don't know where to go and they don't know how to get back and yeah i if he were in the mirror universe i don't know why he wouldn't try something different at this point because he would already know what to do and could use it to his advantage instead of being in a torture chamber. Well, the argument... Now I'm going to be on the other side of this discussion. The argument that um, that he wants to get close to the Emperor is the only thing mm-hmm. that would really make sense if he is from the Mirror Universe. Because that's why he would be sticking mm-hmm. this out until the Emperor, you know, contacted them and... Shows up. And then Lorca did have this little expression on his face at the end it was not necessarily a smile no it was not i watched it again today but when i first watched it last night i was like did he just smile was that a smirk what is that expression Mm. i was yeah they cut to his face for a reason there put it to you that way when i first watched it i thought it was concern basically for michael because she would because you know seeing Giorgio again Trujillo? Giorgio? Giorgio. But the Emperor also said it's been too long since she'd seen Giorgio, but not too long since seeing her prisoner. I, I felt she meant that she could have gone the rest of her life without seeing him. Could be. But next week we'll get lots more details on that and see how everything here plays out. Next week looks very, very good. It does. It does. I do feel that even if, like, even if the Emperor hadn't summoned Michael over anything, Michael kind of blew her cover there at the end when she seemed concerned about what was happening with the rebels. So, like, with yeah, her with, own shipmates? When she came, like, rushing she... out and was like, who is doing this? And I don't know. I, th- I, I right. thought that she was going to have a hard time recovering from that, even if the whole thing with the emperor hadn't happened so i don't know i don't know i'm just thinking of all the video games i've played where somebody steals your kill and you get pretty upset about that but why hadn't she fired already like i know why michael hadn't fired already but what was she telling her crew (laughs) about why hadn't they fired already right right like why and i mean if you're gonna give them an hour like okay, spend 45 minutes running around on the freaking yeah, planet. exactly. And then get beat up. Although, I mean, with Vok, you know, emerging from Tyler's personality, I guess maybe she didn't want to spend time running around on the planet with him like that. But still, then, sorry, you have less time now. Get, get the heck out. Right. Hopefully they evacuated some people. Yeah. I mean, a part of me is kind of like, is this universe even real, technically? Could they not just... whatever? I don't know. Maybe that says more about me, though, than anything else. (laughs) Like, I think if I were there, I would have trouble convincing myself that these people were real people that we should be concerned about. Especially, maybe not, like, killing them face-to-face, like, with the elevator scene. Um, but right. shooting a planet, like, I, I would just struggle with that because I'd, you know. Right. You just. It doesn't matter if you kill them. They're right here. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I would feel with that. I'm not saying it is the I mean, right thing to feel. I'm saying it's something that I would probably struggle with. Hmm. So, where where are you on the Tyler, uh, not Tyler, sorry, Lorca thing? You kind of said yes and no there. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. Um, I like the theory because it explains why Lorca doesn't seem to act like a Starfleet captain in the Prime Universe. Like, he doesn't... Like, I'm a little bit confused as to how somebody who makes the choices and decisions he does and is so manipulative would get promoted all the way up to be captain. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of explains it a bit. If there was a swap between the Lorcas, then, well, you know, there was a slightly different version of Lorca and he was more like Starfleet and he wasn't, you know, as morally corrupted. And then it was only when they switched, and that's the Lorca that we've seen so far, is the one that's had to survive in this kind of um, fascist sort of state. And so, of course, he's more concerned about the ends than the means. Of course, he's willing to take risks and and risk lives where other Starfleet captains wouldn't, because that's just how you roll in the other universe. So, like, it it, it soothes that cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm for me a bit but then you're not wrong in that he doesn't seem to be from the mirror universe in a lot of the ways that he's played the scenes out and he doesn't seem to be from the mirror universe in some of the decisions he's made so yeah i don't know there's cognitive dissonance with this character either yeah. way and like if he does turn out to be from the mirror universe I would be willing to brush some of that aside just under, like, Star Trek Discovery does not have the best writing, you know? Um, mm, right. Which, whatever. I still like it, so I feel mm. I can say that. Mm. But I I don't know. I'm interested to see where they take the character. I'd be interested to see the actual Mary Universe, or the, the other Lorca. Yes, for sure. Like, if he really is the... Well, he made the comment himself that maybe he'll find a really nice version of himself in yeah. the mirror universe. And, and, like, maybe you were right about what the Emperor said, meaning that she had seen Lorca recently and we will see him, like, in prison on her ship. That would be interesting. That could be. That would be very interesting. And, yeah, I'm really interested to see where Lorca's character goes and... I'm also very interested to see where Burnham's character goes with this reveal about Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in how they're going to wrap up Tyler's slash Fox storyline this season. Yes. I'm, I'm really interested in the future of Laurel and Vok. If we're going to continue to see more of them, even if they're not on the discovery or if they do the cheesy Starfleet sort of, you're now going to be like special advisors and this is going to be like our olive branch of peace or something like that. And they're going to be on the ship together. I don't think they're going to do that. I hope they don't do that. That would be terrible. Awful. Very bad. Here's my prediction. Vox mm-hmm. slash Tyler is going to die. Like there's really okay. no other way to play for that to play out. I don't think. He's going to die. Laurel's going to be upset. And that's how she's, she and Michael are kind of going to become, not, I don't know about friends, but you know, something. And then that way that would open up for her at least to be on the discovery next season, which I would like, because I do like Laurel and I'd be interested to see that dynamic, but I don't think, I don't see Mm -hmm. Vop slash Tyler making it past the end of this season. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if they'll let Laurel like defect. Well, she already kind of has. Yeah, but defecting is like a very political thing, and they don't usually leave you on a starship. Yeah. But we'll see how it plays out. I'll be very interested to see it. And I would like to keep seeing regular uh, appearances by other alien species. 
that's one of the reasons I want to see it is not just because like of them specifically, but I don't want it to just turn into like the Starfleet only show. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if we kept seeing other alien species and stuff. I know a lot of people will be really happy that in this episode, you got to see the Andorians and the Tellarites, I believe were there. And I know some people have been really wanting to see more of those early original series, Star Trek aliens. So it was cool. I know, but I think we should, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say that, um, I know they said next season is going to be more, Star Trekky, so hopefully next season we'll get more. Let's go talk to these aliens. Blah 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 blah. Yes. Now I think we should wrap it up because we've got some listener comments that I want to share. Was there anything else we wanted to say about Jojo? We didn't really get into the Emperor. Yeah. Well, we really only had like the one scene, and it was full of like that emotional, like game changing. Mm-hmm. you know the stakes are raised now sort of thing mm-hmm. um so there's not too much more to talk about i do feel like the emperor has a game plan and i oh one thing i wanted to point out i think that star trek was totally trying to play with our expectations by using the title emperor mm-hmm. and they were trying to lead us into believing that it was going to be a guy yeah, because she's not called Empress. That's true. But I, we totally paid no attention to it, and we're just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me that it would only ever be a guy. Yeah. Um, and I was like immediately like, well, of course they're only going to say Emperor because if they say Empress, then everyone's going to know who it is. Yeah. So anyway. we knew anyway. It was fine. Yeah, we did. It was good. But yeah, I loved the bit of costume that we saw. She's carrying a sword. Yeah, she looked fabulous. Yeah. And her I know it was just a short scene, but her acting was fabulous. I these two episodes has really have really shown me that I I would like, you know, to, um Mary Wiseman and uh Snequa, whose last name I forget, mm-hmm. and Michelle Yeo to just play some a lot of evil badass ladies. Mm. Mm-hmm. For the rest of their careers. I'd be okay with that. They might not be. It might get old for them, but I would be good. Some of the parts that I've enjoyed the most are just the different confidence that they have Mm -hmm. in relaying orders. They're not trying to be nice. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that's part of it is that, like, you know, a lot of times when women are in a leadership position, they they, they have to be pleasing still. Or they're going to get labeled as the bitch. Whereas, like, in the mirror universe, no, no, they just get to bark orders. Like, they just get to tell you what to do without trying to do any hedging. Because any weakness on their part, and they would be assassinated. Yeah. So I like that they just can, you know, have their resting bitch face on all the time. Just be that image of strength and confidence and tell people what to do and expect to be listened to. Yes. It's nice. I love it so much. Yeah. There's so many um, just possible screenshots of like Sonequa or Tilly, or I'm sure there's going to be loads next time. Um, Giorgio or the first officer in the mirror universe, Detmer of like a woman in command. This is what it looks like. And it's not that they're evil. It's that they're just like sitting there looking like a leader, taking no shit from anyone. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, we need to see more of that. I'm okay if they're evil too. It's fine. Well, yeah. I I like both, I suppose. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, Is there anyone else in the mirror universe that we haven't seen that we want to see in the next episode? Like, whose mirror character um, do we want to see? If we hadn't gotten that brief glimpse, I would say Stamets. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Lorca. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would really love to see Admiral Cornwell. I would also. In the mirror universe. 
but I don't see mm-hmm. what it would add to anything. Yeah, that's probably just like me. Yeah. She might be on the Emperor's ship. That could be. So we might get a, at least a brief glimpse. Uh, I think we might get a glimpse of Mirror Culber next episode, maybe. Maybe. And Mirror Lorca. I yeah, think we'll I think we have to see Mirror Lorca just to put these rumors, although this was already written and filmed, but just to put this to, to rest. Yes. Yeah. And now I think we should really get to our listener mail. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Um, last week's episode, Kate and I briefly discussed the part about the beginning where Lorca had had and Saru were talking and said, fortunately, and uh, Lorca corrected or Saru corrected Lorca. I'm getting confused. Lorca corrected Saru. <laughs> Lorca corrected Saru and said it was unfortunately and we couldn't quite remember the details and gypsy book nerd uh aka rachel who was our guest on the star trek beyond episode tweeted at us i believe the saru Lorca fortunately unfortunately convo was about the multiple spore jumps filling in missing data from the mycelial network Lorca was collecting data points that he showed Stamets in episode 9. In episode 10, the Matrix has more data from the multiple jumps. Lorca seems to think the expanded picture of the network is what made it possible to jump to the mirror universe. Yeah, and so I could see where, you know, he was saying, because we had this extra data, we could jump to the the mirror universe and at least be safe and not spliced. And then Lorca corrects to be like, well, it's also unfortunately because now we're in, like, not our universe. Mm -hmm. So that didn't make more sense where they were talking about, like, how much data they had to make an accurate jump, or at least a safe jump. And then in between the episodes, we were also asking for some speculation on who the wolf for this episode was. And everybody guessed that it was Tyler and Bach. Um, we had uh, Ms. Myra at Myra Car- Carmel. Carmel? Myra, you'll have to tell me how to say that sometime. Um, she guessed it. Uh, Steve Supersonic Jeffrey at Zinkstoat. Uh, Calvin KT at Calvin guessed it was Vockler. And Michelle at Blurdy MJ. And again, I'm just guessing at how to say some of those. So if I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. And feel free to send me uh twitter to explain it see and i guess the easiest explanation is that it was tyler but i also think it kind of referred to what michael was talking about during the opening monologue about how they've had to pretend to be these uh no mercy evil folk and how she sort of had to access that part of her and she and it was changing her right right and she was feeling like she wasn't herself Mm -hmm. and yeah yeah and i like how i've really liked how discovery has picked some of their titles and because there's multiple layers of the story playing out over the course of the season Mm -hmm. you get these uh multiple meanings filtering through with them and i think that's very cool Mm -hmm. And then with speculating on the Emperor, again, Gypsy Book Nerd said that Tyler as Emperor is an interesting idea because even if the counterpart switch theory holds, we can still have two Tylers because Discovery Tyler isn't real Tyler. But she finds it more likely they may run into Mirror Tyler, who isn't the Emperor, but just works for them. And I'm glad that she loved the idea of Giorgio as Emperor because that's who we have. Yeah. Yay. I would say... uh it won't happen now because he's back on the Discovery, but it would be, mm-hmm. since we ran into Mirror Vok, it would be really interesting to run into Mirror Tyler also. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Or like to have Tyler, or what, what you've called him, Vokler, which, why haven't we been doing that all episode? Um, I don't know. That was from Calvin. Yeah, that was great. Why haven't we been, um, sorry, wrong sentence. Yep. Now, it would be interesting to have Vokler run into both Valk and Tyler. That would be, but I don't know why they would have to be in a scene together to, 
like I'm not sure what story purpose that would serve. Oh no, it, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. Other okay. than I just personally think it would be interesting for his character. It wouldn't really serve anything in the story. Right. It might be a good moment of conflict for the Discovery Vockler to see both Vok and Tyler. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Right. Okay. Yeah. Although I guess it would be interesting if uh, Mirror Tyler is on the Emperor's ship, if Michael runs into him. That that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Should we do a fortune? Yes. Okay. Whose fortune is it going to be? Uh, Mirror Sarek. Mirror Sarek. Okay. Here we go. Okay. There's two fortunes in this one. Mm-hmm. Should I name another person? Do you want to? Hmm. <laughs> I can shake them up in my hand and draw them. So, okay. Uh, the Emperor. So, Sarek and the Emperor. Yes. So, fortune but Mirror Sarek. Mirror Sarek. Okay. Go team. And who, who's, who am I picking first? Sarek? Uh, let's go with Sarek, yeah, because I said okay. it first. Okay. Uh, so his, you shall attain great wisdom with the passing years. So bodes well for him surviving that, uh, mm-hmm. the torpedoes. And then oh, for yeah, the, that's... did you forget that? <laughs> I did forget that he might be dead. Yep. For the emperor... A pleasant surprise is in store for you. Maybe Michael will bring her a present. And yeah, maybe she won't uh, kill the emperor. I hope not, because then we could have like cameos in later seasons. Well, it's true. They have more mirror stuff. That's true. And then I guess we are now into recommendations. And this week, Jen gets to make a recommendation. Well, I mean, I get to make one also. Well, you do. Yeah. This week. We're recommending a new podcast. It is called So You Want to Read Tolkien? And it is going to be hosted by three women, one of whom is our very own Kate. So, Kate, why don't you tell us a bit about the podcast and uh, who might be interested in it? Um, so I it's a podcast idea that I had for a while here. Um, a little while ago, I was looking for a Tolkien Lord of the Rings podcast to listen to and none of the ones on iTunes had any or were hosted by women so that sucked and I decided I wanted to do one that was um a hosted by women and that would definitely call Tolkien out on some of his sexist bullshit but still come from a place of we like it like we like his books and his writings and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um and also have it be i haven't come up with a term for this yet but like the opposite of gatekeeping um because i feel like in a lot of circles people are are made to feel bad for liking the movies better than the books or not considered a real nerd if they haven't read the books or that type of thing and Mm -hmm. i wanted to do a podcast that would Make it so that you could have all the information from the books, even if you're not really interested in reading them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sort of to break down the barriers. Yeah. That might be there preventing people from getting into the fandom. Exactly. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and you know, this, and we're also, we're so we're doing it as kind of a read along, but mm-hmm. we'll have recaps and that sort of thing. So you don't need to read along. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting with, Tolkien's well we're starting with the Silmarillion which is the most difficult one oh okay yeah that's fun I hadn't realized Um, that (laughs) yeah and that introduces a lot of characters Mm -hmm. and so the whole idea for this one is that like in our show notes we'll have we'll have family trees we'll have maps about where in the world they are and all these things that you don't get lost and confused because it it can get very confusing. Everybody's name begins with an F. It, it's bad. Okay. Yep. I've actually never read this in Merlion, um, so I might just be listening along so I can learn more about the Lord of the Rings in the world. And yeah, yeah. The the Merlion is just a history of the world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like you don't you that one especially you don't need to read along to appreciate the things that we're going to be talking about. Cool. 
Cool. Sounds good. So you can find this podcast at the website you want to read Tolkien.com. And you guys are on Twitter. The Twitter handle yeah, at to read Tolkien. At to read Tolkien. Okay. So if that sounds interesting to you, follow it along or recommend it to people you know who might be interested. And thank you for giving us a shot. <laughs> and you've got two hosts on it, right? So, like, your other hosts, yeah. one of them hasn't really read Tolkien. Um, they both have. Neither of them have read The Silmarillion. Okay. Um, but they've both read The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Um, one of them hadn't read them in a while. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, um, yeah. And we're also going to be talking about the movies. And we're going to be doing some other stuff. And we might do... Uh, some talks about Tolkien's other writings because he does. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we'll get into that over there. Yeah, yeah. For more of that, go check out the other podcast. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's everything for this week. I oh um, mm-hmm. uh, I was maybe can do my own recommendation, but I actually can't think of anything off the top of my head because I was originally planning to do my podcast and then you stole it. So yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments you would like to share, you can reach us at a command of her own at gmail.com or at command of her own on Twitter. And don't forget, we also have our new Instagram account at a command of her own or not at a command of her own, of course, it's Instagram. So it's Instagram.com slash a command of her own. And today I posted up a picture just of me sort of before podcasting because I am wearing my new super comfy Star Trek cardigan. So if you want to check out that and the other things we'll be posting, you can go follow us on there. Yes, I think that's it. So I've been Caitlin. And I've been Jen. And we'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.